What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake. We are taping this podcast here on a Thursday. David, how you doing? Doing well. Looking forward to getting back in action, covering, covering some football games Friday night, NC State. I do think we're going to learn we're going to learn something about this year's team in this game, just how, how they handle the moment. So we'll get into it, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Friday night kickoff, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Miami up to a 10.5 point favorite, according to William Hill Sportsbook as of Thursday morning. Game will be on ESPN. Nice little change of pace there, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. I know we're going to get deep into NC State, uh, what they got kind of going on on the back end of the podcast, David, but I was reading the site and um, you kind of wrote something I thought was interesting, a stock report for Miami's true freshman, or I mean for Miami's true freshman, so the 2020 recruiting class, and I thought why not kind of get into that maybe kind of re-rank these freshmen at the halfway point of the season obviously it wasn't a usual spring and fall camp so things have been different but um i thought why not kind of maybe try to re-rank the 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 top end of miami's recruiting class yeah i like the idea uh so my article um on inside the u it, it was more of a projection for the second half of the season, right? So it kind of highlighted the true freshmen that have played a little bit, particularly on on offense and defense, not really talking about the guys on special teams, but, and then projecting, you know, is their role going to grow uh, in the second half of the season? So I would recommend everyone go check that article out. But yeah, I think what we're going to do is just re-rank the class, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be guys that have played a ton on offense and defense already this year uh, because there are some highly talented guys in this class, in this freshman class that haven't really played much yet on offense or defense. So uh, we'll dig into it. And, you know, we, we've, we still talk to the coaches, the media does about uh, what they think about all these young players and they give some pretty good insight. So I do think it's worth kind of re-ranking them at this mid-season point. Yeah, I kind of look at it as, um, you know, we knew what they were ranked uh, six months ago. Now we're six games in. There's been feedback from the staff and our own observations. So why not, I guess, kind of rank them how you view them now. Um, So real quickly, just going back to Miami's recruiting class, I just wanted to list the top 10 guys or signees for Miami. Uh, number one was Avante Williams, the safety out of Deland, Florida, top 24-7 kid from uh, or, or was an Under Armour All-American. He has not played this season. I think the coaching staff has said that uh, he's engaged, um, but yeah. he was medically disqualified for the season. So he was number one, highest ranked signee, according to the 24-7 sports composite. Number two, Chance Williams, defensive end out of the Jacksonville area. He has played 12 defensive snaps this season that all came against Florida State. 
Number three was running back Jalen Knighton, who has obviously got a ton of run. That goes for number four as well, running back Don Chaney. Uh, number five, Jalen Rivers, who is the teammate of Chance Williams up there at Oak Leaf High School. Um, he has played 11 offensive snaps in two games. I know some of those came against Florida State. Not sure when else he was in there. Number six, Michael Redding the third, a wide receiver from IMG. Number seven, Tyler Van Dyke, the quarterback out of Connecticut. Number eight, safety Jalen Harrell. Number nine, corner Isaiah Dunson. And number 10, uh, Elijah Roberts. So those are the top 10 guys. David, if you had to re-rank this, and we're just going to do top five, I guess who – should we start from the back and work to the front? Yeah, let's do that. Let's start at five, I guess. All right. Okay. So give me number five. So, again, these rankings are where we just think of them now. Um, everything we know uh, goes back to high school and just overall what you think they're going to do for Miami. So my number five is wide receiver Keyshawn Smith. And I think the, the composite had him as a three-star. I think 24-7 sports had him as a four-star uh, right on that bubble, though. But uh, so he, he was a late addition to the class, kind of an under-the-radar guy uh, in the recruiting process, was committed to Washington State, uh, kind of reevaluated his options when Mike Leach decided to head to Mississippi State. Um, so why do I have him number five? Frankly, I, I just, I, I am really impressed by his speed. I think, I don't know if we necessarily see it this year, but I think he's going to be a, a productive starter in this offense, uh, down the road, probably starting next year. We start to see Keyshawn Smith come on and make plays. Um, you know, when, when we, Back in the spring, when we could watch practice, his speed was noticeable at those practices. And when you see him in games, you know, the, the few reps he does get, he is getting behind the secondaries uh, fairly routinely. The ball doesn't always find him. Um, but I think the speed is noticeable. I think he does have some, uh, you know, 50-50 catch ability. And so I am putting him number five. Okay. I don't even have him in my five or uh, I know you asked for one guy outside the five. So I don't, I don't even have him there. Is that surprising? No, I, you know, I, you know, I know your five and I don't disagree <laughs> with your five, but there <laughs> is, there is one difference between our five that we'll get to. Okay. My number, my number five offensive lineman, Jalen Rivers, Again, we've only seen him in, in a limited capacity. This is me kind of more leaning on what he did um, throughout his prep career. You know, he was a state champion in the, in the shot put. Um, I got to see him multiple camp settings at the Under Armour All-America game. I think the time will come for him, and I expect him to be a multi-year starter for Miami on the offensive line. And I'm interested to see if he gets into – uh, the playing rotation on the back end of the season. Cause I think Gary justice is kind of hinted at that. Yes. Yeah. I have Jalen number three on my list and it is clear, you know, Garen justice spoke to the media during the bye week And essentially he said, look, every week Jalen rivers is taking big jumps and what he's able to do. 
Um, and he kind of said, we're just trying to figure out when the right time is to unleash him and, and let him uh, really blossom with this first team offensive line. And Garen said, you know, when we do get him in the lineup, he's probably never going to leave the lineup until he leaves the University of Miami. So they are extremely high in his talent. I'm high on his talent, obviously, too, uh, having him number three. I agree with everything you said in terms of the athleticism, size that he brings uh, to the line. I think he's going to be an NFL offensive lineman. So, um, yeah. you know, number three, I, I, they think long-term he is a tackle. He, he might be a right tackle. I probably would say he's probably more a guard, in my opinion. But he is athletic enough to get the job done at right tackle um, so down the road. But I think if we do see him this year, it'll be at guard. And I honestly think we're going to see him as a starter by the end of the year at some point. Mm, hot take. That's always kind of been the debate. Guard tackle for um, Jalen. Uh, I'm just excited. I'm ready for it. Maybe we see it Friday night. Who do you have at number three? So number five was Keyshawn's or um, number four. four. Yeah. yeah. So my five. four is his high school teammate, Chance Williams, right? Uh, the defensive end who we haven't really seen much of. That's kind of a product of the uh, depth and talent Miami has at defensive end. Uh, but he is another guy that during the bye week, the coaching staff highlighted as a player that is making big strides currently this fall. Um, He's another guy that's extremely athletic at his size. The staff has said he's now up to about 260 pounds and he has maintained his athleticism. So I'm not sure, honestly, if we do see much of chance this year, but I do think we will see him in the playing rotation next year. And, you know, he's going to continue that line of impressive edge rushers during this Manny Diaz era. I actually have chance up at number two, um, more of positional value. I think you just sure you know you got to take a look at pass rushers, uh, I, and it's not it shouldn't be surprising that he's not playing and probably will not play this season aside from mop up duty. I mean Miami just has two you know veterans ahead of him at the position, and then right behind him there's a ton of talent as well, but. I remain very optimistic about him. Uh, I think we kind of forget that he hurt or injured his his wrist, you know, at the tail end of his senior season. I think there was kind of lingering when he enrolled early. So, I I mean, he's not behind schedule to me. I, I don't know if he's ahead of no. schedule. Like he's like on schedule. So I have him up at number two. Um, and I, I think he's about chance. I think so. Cam Williams and Jafari Harvey have both flashed their talent at some point this season, but they are cracking the door open for a chance to take some of their snaps in recent weeks. I think we saw Cam Williams get off to a very fast start at the start of the season. He looked good as a as a rotational defensive end. He's been pretty quiet here in these recent games. I think, you know, Jafari Harvey, in my opinion, got off to a little bit of a slow start and he's starting to pick it up here in recent weeks. But I still think there's another level that we need to see from Jafari Harvey overall. So um, I'm with you. Like, I'm not sure if we necessarily see much of chance this season, but.
but those defensive ends that are ahead of them do need to pick it up in my opinion or we we do there is a chance that we do see chance um this season that'd be interesting uh who you got at number two number two i got running back don cheney um you know i think he's starting we saw in the virginia game in my opinion i think things are starting to slow down for him in terms of being patient in terms of understanding uh, how you need to uh, find the holes at, at the college level. You can't just outrun defenses to the edge or you can't just slam uh, up the middle of the line of scrimmage and burst through and then outrun defenses uh, like you can in high school. So Don Chaney has a NFL level combination of size and speed and he's a really sharp dude and so I think all that mixed in he's going to be successful and I think he's going to end up playing in the NFL down the road hmm right I'm assuming number one is Jalen Knighton number one is Jalen Knighton uh you know he's he, he doesn't have as good of size, of course, as Don Chaney, but his elusiveness is on a next level compared to Don. And, you know, Jalen brings a skill set that is uh, that the NFL does covet because of his ability to also make plays in the passing game. NFL level coordinators and offenses will get creative with a guy like Jalen Knighton and move him around in the slot or use him in the in the passing game out of the backfield. You don't really see that as much at the college level in general. I think Rhett Lashley has tried to use him more and more and more that way this season. So hopefully that role grows, but you know, we kind of saw against Louisville in particular, how special Jalen Knighton is when he gets the ball in space. Uh, I think you could argue already Jalen is the most dynamic skill talent uh, um has on its roster now um and so that's impressive i think there's still another level for jalen to reach during the second half of the season and i'm curious to see if he does it so i have jalen in in out number one for a lot of the same reasons you just said um i i know there's a lot of fans that are kind of calling for don cheney to be the running back i have don number four in my ranking so mine goes jalen rivers five um, Don Chaney four, Avante Williams three, Chance Williams two, uh, Jalen Knighton one. We can get into Avante here in a little bit, but to me, like I just think Jalen Knighton, maybe aside from Brevin Jordan, is and Derek King is like Miami's best playmaker on offense. Yes, uh, in terms of a guy who can create, it seems like he has a, a different twitch to him. And I, to be honest, I really didn't see this in high school. I mean, when I Damn. went and I saw him play multiple times, I, I, I don't know, like he to me is just, he has a chance to be a dude. Um, and I, I think you should point out like, again, talking about positional value and whatnot, <clears throat> you know, you have the two running backs ranked one, two. I got Don Chaney in my, in my top five, like, you know, go back to the 2020 NFL draft. There was not a ton of running backs selected. And it's just 
it's kind of crazy right. that me and you both like think that is the strength of Miami's 2020 recruiting class. And it's really not even close. Yeah. And I think, you know, next year you, you can start talking about maybe those rushing attack being special. I think we both agree that Don and Jalen are, are just scratching the surface of what they will be. And, and that'll come with a full season at the college level, a full year, calendar year in a college program. So there are levels that they can, they will still get to. And we might start to see that happen during the second half of the year. Um, I'm curious to see if that growth happens. Let's, let me explain why I didn't have Avante Williams in my top five. Um, you know, as you know, I am as big of an Avante Williams fan as anyone out there, right? The reason why I didn't include him is simply because I don't know what to think or expect of him being medically unavailable this fall. Um, is that unfair? Maybe, but I want to know that he is healthy, ready to practice, able to practice, all that good stuff. And if that happens, if he gets medically cleared, then yeah, he's probably, I would probably put him number two. I'd probably put him above Don Chaney. Um, so I am extremely high on his talent and what he can be. I just want to know that he can medically play football. That's fair. I guess I'm assuming that, um, you know, he will. And the reason right. why I have him in my top five is when you look at like a Bubba Bolden, I just think, you know, I'm not saying Avante's Bubba Bolden, but I think he can have that type of impact on games in terms of being disruptive, um, cleaning up the alleys and whatnot. So, I just think that's, you know, safety plays seems to be pretty important in, in yeah. Diaz's defensive scheme. So that's kind of why I, I tucked him in there. And, like, I mean, man, he's a, he's a blue-chip guy that a right. ton of, of schools wanted. So, you know, let's not, let's not forget about him. Uh, I guess who is one person, like, outside your top five – you know, I was on the cusp. Maybe it's someone that has surprised you to date that you are yeah. higher on now than you were uh, six months ago. Well, you know, I will admit this guy has extremely surprised me. Um, and when you look at the rankings of this class, he is the second lowest guy, according to the 24-7 sports composite in this class. I will go with middle linebacker Corey Flagg. Um, I'll be honest, I when he committed, when Miami accepted his commitment, I did not get it. I did not think he was Miami caliber. I will admit I was wrong in that assumption in that first read. Uh, you know, do I necessarily think Corey Flagg is going to end up being an NFL level linebacker? I would probably say no. But I do think he can be a very, well, he can be a good uh, college-level middle linebacker. Why do I say that? I think, I think it's pretty obvious when Corey Flagg gets on the field that he has instincts that some of the other linebackers on this team are lacking. He's very quick to trigger with his reads, and he just has a nose for the football. Now, the thing with Corey Flagg, he, he is limited physically, with his gifts in terms of both size and also he's not 
necessarily the the fastest linebacker in terms of being able to run sideline to sideline but he does have instincts that helps it make up for that lack of speed a little bit and you know I think in general you want on defense you want big fast strong all over the all over the field at every level I think you could make an argument though that maybe instincts at middle linebacker uh are a little more important than just being big and fast. You want guys that can get through the traffic, find the football, get the ball carry on the ground. I think Corey Flagg is that, t- that type of player. He's another guy. You know, I said Jalen Rivers. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts by the end of this season. I think Corey Flagg's one of those guys too. I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of this year, he turns out to be Miami's middle linebacker. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I feel like the coaches are kind of teeing it up or, you know, getting ready for everyone to embrace the idea of Corey Flack being the guy. Now, that's a good one. Um, I agree as well. I, there was concerns from my end. Remember, he had the knee injury. Right. I missed some time. But again, he was at Houston North Shore, a very good program there in Texas. He was very productive. I just thought, size would be an issue but it seems like in, his instincts are, are something that separates him from very good very yeah, very like good the rest of the group and maybe allows for him to overcome some of his athletic deficiencies in terms of uh measurables and whatnot uh, for me one guy who you know i was high on maybe not this high is brian balaam the safety who mm-hmm. is essentially Miami's fourth safety right now behind uh, Bubba, Gervin Hall, and Amari Carter. Got thrust into action against Clemson. You know, I thought Clemson kind of really attacked him. But yeah, reviewing, yeah, reviewing the PFF, you know, it says they only went at him twice. So maybe it wasn't as bad as I initially thought. But he's played 72 snaps in four games. I thought he was a guy who probably would have redshirted. Um, and he's the highest graded out tackler on a Miami's entire defense for this season, according to the pro football focus. So I just think he um, is going to be probably a, a sound player. And you got to remember, he was only a three-star recruit. Miami found him or didn't find him, but they took him after Paradise Camp. Uh, a ton of Power 5 schools really weren't involved with him. And I think he will be a key role player for Miami over the next couple of seasons. I think when he committed, I think you and I both compared him to Rayshon Jenkins. And yeah. I think that comparison still holds. I think it still stands up because, you know, like Rayshon, he, he, like you said, he's kind of a well-rounded safety. He is a good, he's good in pass coverage. He has good range, good instincts. He will also come up and smack you. He'll force some fumbles, or at least at the high school level, he did. Uh, which, which Rayshon, uh, you know, was at Miami when he finally got healthy, got over his injury issues at Miami. He turned into a very well-rounded safety, and now he's he's having a very good career in the NFL uh, at this moment. So, um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying Brian Balaam's going to be an NFL starter. We'll see. There's there's still plenty of time to go, plenty of development for Brian in that regard. But um, 
I do think he's going to end up being a starter at Miami down the road. Uh, what, what is the timeline on that? I don't know, but he, he's going to be one of their better three-star recruits um, on the defense. Anything else you want to touch on in this um, freshman class? Uh, I will say, like, I am intrigued by Tyreek Austin Cave. And, you know, linebacker is such a uh, – it's a point of contention right now with the fan base, right? And I understand it. Like, the linebacker play has been mediocre so far this season. Um, I'm not saying Tyreek Austin Cave, we're going to see him this year but I really, really liked his high school tape. And so I am curious how he is developing, how he is coming along because, you know, I mentioned Corey Flagg uh, having instincts and lacking some athletic traits. In my opinion, Tyreek Austin Cave has instincts and has athletic traits. So I'm curious to see how he ends up developing. Uh, I'm kind of high on him. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, I think, and then also too, I think we, we got to touch on quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, we'll see, you never know with quarterback till the bullets are flying in games, honestly, but it seems like this coaching staff is very high on how Tyler Van Dyke goes about attacking the quarterback job. So he takes it seriously. He understands every day is an opportunity to get better. Seems like he's a pretty mature dude, and um, you know that's that's valuable at that quarterback position. So, um, is he going to be a, a future starter at Miami? We'll see. It, it probably depends on who else Miami brings in in these uh, upcoming recruiting classes. But I think he is a guy that the coaching staff trusts. I think he's a guy that the players on the team respect, and that matters. So. Credit to him for not just kind of mailing it in during this quote-unquote redshirt season. Real quick question. Uh, you had Keyshawn Smith inside your top five, so you like him more than Michael Redding? Because Michael Redding, I mean, was a borderline top five signee per the composite. I do, and I still like Michael Redding. Um, I just think Keyshawn is more of a fluid athlete, uh, whereas Michael Redding, he is – powerful he is explosive and you can make an argument he is exactly what this receiver group needs with uh you know the ability to to make contested catches because he does have such a strong body um i think he's going to be good i just prefer the fluidity speed acceleration of Keyshawn smith one more i just want to bring up uh isaiah dunson you know, me and you never saw him yes. in any capacity at the at the high school level. He's played 30 snaps in three games. You know, he's the the cornerback. Miami, in in, in my opinion, really needs him to be a guy, yes. especially after um, Christian Williams decided to enter the transfer portal. But I, I'm I'm kind of a maybe he would be like seven or eight for me to, to be honest. If I had to put him on the list, yeah, and, uh, you know. I need to see more. Like I, I, I like the idea of him, right? Like he's a six two, hundred and ninety pound corner that has very good ball skills. He played a lot of wide receiver at the high school level. Um, but you know, I, I honestly, my eyes haven't seen much of him. So I don't really have much of an opinion on him yet, but yes, you are correct in that. 
Miami needs him to be good and Miami needs him to start pushing out blades and DJ Ivy, you know, starting this off season. They need him to, to be a guy who cracks the playing rotation. Okay. Let's take a quick break on the other side, get really into the NC state game. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. David, um, I'm reading my Twitter timeline right now. NFL games look to be uh, in jeopardy due to COVID-19. Two Pac-12 games are in jeopardy. Louisville, Virginia, um, that's been postponed. Uh, FIU's game got canceled. Um, But Miami, as of 9.45 a.m. on Thursday, is still playing on, on Friday. Just where, what do you what are you feeling? What is this? Uh, Thirty six hours out. Yeah, so you know, I mentioned I think we are going to learn uh, we're going to learn some stuff about this Miami team in this game. Um, this isn't necessarily like a tough matchup for Miami, in my opinion, but I think we're going to find out, uh, you know, in terms of how serious this team is taking this season and how serious this team is taking opponents like NC State. Because if, if Miami does come out and try and sleepwalk their way through this game, NC State certainly is good enough to beat Miami. So let me say that on the front end. Um, you know, there is that weird, whether you believe in it or not, it is still a thing. Uh, Manny Diaz, since 2019, his teams have struggled coming off bye weeks. Um, whatever the reason is, is whatever the reason is, I think there is a concerning trend in Miami starting those games slow or on their back foot. I wrote an article on the website today that that highlighted how in all those, so they've lost six games in which they've had extra time to prepare. And, and so that that does not include season openers, but it does include the bowl game and it includes one game in which Miami had eight days to prepare for a game. So in those games, Miami, uh, in four of them, Miami found themselves down. And in a few of them, Miami found themselves down by double-digit points. Uh, Never did Miami hold a first-quarter lead in any of those games. 
Um, so what does that mean? I think, you know, there is somewhat of a concerning trend where Miami starts games slow coming off a bye week. And so that needs to be remedied against NC State. I think it can be remedied against NC State. I think this is a game where both the offense and defense can go off. Um, will they? We'll see. Um, and we'll get into that here coming up. But I think this is a it's a tough test, but it's also a test where, you know, potentially Miami can gain a bunch of confidence on both sides of the ball if they handle their business. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about potential absences due to a positive test or um, contact tracing? Like, are yeah, you? Yeah, I think that I think it's going to happen. Um, do I necessarily know who? No, I'm not going to get into that. But you know, like I said in the last podcast, right? If De'Ara King's out there. I do feel good about Miami's chances. Now there are there are definitely positions where if starters start start dropping uh, from the lineup, it does get scary. It does get concerning. But give me De'Ara King, I feel good about my chances. Okay, um, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I just I was wondering if you're like alert, alert, or you're just kind of like all right, we'll we'll just just roll with it. Um, Give me your key to the game for Miami. You know, you mentioned the bye, but what is what yeah. you think? What like what do you think has to happen? I'm interested to see if Miami can get the running game back going. Because uh, if you look at so NC State is four and two, and, and their two losses have been against uh, two of the better running teams in the ACC this year. They've lost to Virginia Tech and they've lost to North Carolina, and in both those games. UNC and Virginia Tech ran the ball for over 300 yards. Um, you know, do I necessarily think, I don't think Miami's run game, their run offense is on, on the level of those two teams, but I do think Miami has a, you know, run offense with potential. And so I think the goal needs to be to run for at least 200 yards against this NC State defense, which has struggled at times you know, setting the edge or quite frankly, tackling. I think in the last, the last game against North Carolina, um, so that NC State's also coming off a bye, but before the bye, they, they lost to North Carolina. In that game, they missed something like 27 tackles. So that's, that was a big point of emphasis for them to clean up during the bye week. Um, but also just their run fits have been off at times against these better offenses. And so I'm curious to see uh, how Miami does with getting the running game back going. So for me, I think, well, we need to point out, and, and you've touched on this in the previous podcast, but NC State going to be with a backup quarterback. So is this the third straight game Miami's facing the, the number two? Um, well, Brennan Armstrong did start, right? But they rotated. I mean, there was question marks going into that game with Virginia, and they certainly rotated in their backups. But, yeah, it's the third straight game where there is either a backup or there's uncertainty with whether a backup will play. Right. So I, I guess my key is they got to get in Bailey Hockman's face. So Bailey Hockman, former Florida State quarterback, he was a signee. Um, he will start. That's who Dave Dorn announced as, as the starter. 
could be a chance his his leash is short as um, in in NC State's most recent game. Doran did go with the freshman quarterback. What's his name? Carter Finley or Ben Finley? Ben Finley. Ben Finley, um, who is the brother of Ryan Finley, former Wolfpack quarterback. I think Miami's just got to get in his face um, this season. He's five of ten passing when he's blitzed. Uh, with a pa- uh, he's thrown a pick in, in a sack in those situations. Last season when he was under pressure, twelve of twenty six on thirty six dropbacks, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. Uh, all those numbers according to, to PFF. So to me, like if Miami can get Quincy Roche and Jalen yeah. Phillips going, I think that could spark some turnovers and you got to win that margin on the road. So that's that's like the biggest thing for me. Agree with you on, on getting the run game going, and um, that kind of goes into my my next talking point. Guys who need to step up for Miami, for me, I think it's, it's the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurricanes currently rank number 47 at the Power 5 level when it comes to run blocking. I just don't think that's good enough. Um, you know, 65 Power 5 teams and – how many of them actually played because they haven't had the Pac-12 playing. So this unit, it seemed like at the beginning of the season, um, they were taking steps forward. It's been rough the past couple of weeks, but Miami's been pretty dedicated to running the ball, and I think that will be um, the case. And and in pro football focus, they grade uh, NC State's run defense out as a worse unit than Florida State. So I think there should be a chance for Miami to actually run the ball. Yeah, and to your point, you know, and, and you understand this too, like Miami has played pretty good run defense, run defensive teams in recent weeks. So, you know, it's been tough sledding. Like you said, Miami's been sticking with it, haven't had much success. But yes, if Miami can't get the running game going against NC State, then it is a little bit alarming. So we'll see how that goes. Um, my guy, uh, similar line of thinking. I'm going with Cam Harris. Um, You know, he was not happy after the Virginia game. He kind of, I think after the game, he tweeted out, he felt disrespected. Um, I would assume that means that he thought he should have gotten more carries in the second half because in that, you know, in the second half of that Virginia game, Miami kind of turned to Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton as they had the hot hand and did a better job of moving the ball. So Cam Harris, you you tweet out that you felt disrespected. It is time to step up, time to prove it, time to produce like you were in the first couple weeks of the season. I think he certainly can uh, have that, have a a strong performance against this NC state team. And so uh, he's the guy that I think needs to step up. Do you think, um, there will be a big rotation or like my, my question is uh, how many carries will the freshman get as opposed to uh, cam, you know, is this by committee or is cam still the guy? Um, I think it's, I think it's cam is still the guy, but I think it's getting closer and closer and closer to by committee. Right. So if the freshmen come out and outperform him again, you know, it, it's kind of, a situation where it's going to be just a true three-headed monster and you you ride with the hot hand. But I think going into this game, Cam still should be looked at as the lead back. But he's got to produce to keep that role. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, potential player of the game for Miami. Who do you think uh, could be the dude we're talking about? Uh, hopefully, after a midnight victory podcast on on Friday. <laughs> so I'm going to ride with the momentum. I'm going to go with Mike Carley. Um, you know, had a career game against Virginia, 170 yards, 10 catches, and a touchdown. You know, I wouldn't bank on that type of game again, but I do think him and De'Ara King, I do think that uh, chemistry is going to continue during this second half of the season. So I'm going to go with Mike Harley having another pretty good game against NC State. They need it. Are you, are you confident he will he'll be playing because they had the, him speak to the media? <laughs> I mean, that is the reason why. They tested again on Wednesday and Thursday. So who knows what those tests show up. But yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. I, I am, it, it is looking good that Mike Harley's going to play. Okay. For me, um, my guy's Brevin Jordan. You know, he's, he's finally back after missing those games. I think he's feeling some pressure to uh, contribute. You know, he was tweeting back and forth with, with fans about, um, missing some games, you know, fourth on the team in targets right now. He's played two less games than everyone else. He's got 141 yards after the catch this season. He's just, he's a dude. And David, weren't you saying that NC state sometimes struggles to cover the tight ends? They have at times. Yeah. Um, they haven't faced great tight ends, but I know like Virginia tech has a good tight end. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment, but he was able to get a little bit loose uh, against NC State. Yeah, so I, I think there's a chance for him to have a a big game. And, um, you know, I think that could do wonders. You talk about confidence going into the second half of the season. Um, then, you know, get, get your star guy, get your star going. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about how the offense has struggled or had times of struggled or being up and down against Virginia and Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, got to keep in mind that Miami was missing their best player on offense outside of Derek King in Brevin Jordan. So it would be good to come out and make a statement, you know, I'm back and, uh, and, and have a productive game. Um, now my favorite part of the preview podcast shows when we get into the over-unders based on Sportsline projections. I guess going to point this out, Sportsline right now, they project Miami to win 37-22, to 22, um, which is it's funny because the over-under is 59, so that would be a push. Um, a lot of points. You know, Miami would cover in that situation. I would say if we're, like, talking gambling, you know, that over-under, I would lean the under. Um, I don't know about you, David, but I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into our own predictions, but I, I think the under would be the play on a Friday night. Um, so I'm going to hit you with some, you, you give me over-unders and I, I, I want to hear your reaction. You ready? Let's go. All right. Derek King over under two and a half touchdown passes. They project him with 2.44. Yeah, I think this question kind of comes down to, do you think Derek King can can throw three touchdown passes against this NC State defense? I will take the over. I'll take, I, I think he can throw three. Um, 
in general, I think the offense is going to have a good day against NC State, or at least that's what I'm expecting right now. So I'll take the over. Hmm. That's a lot. How many times has he thrown for three this season? I don't even know. Not many. I think it, it would be what, Louisville? Um, did he throw three? He threw three against Pitt. Um, and yeah. yeah, that might be it. Um, Don Chaney, over under six and a half carries. They have him with 6.4 for 27 yards. This kind of ties back into what I was asking you. Do you think Cam will be the featured back or will get more exposure to the young guys? Yeah, so I'll take the over on this just because I think Miami's going to have success running the ball in general. Um, so I think they're going to just stick with the run, be able to do that. And I think, you know, that that type of game just means you, you hand the ball a bunch to all your running backs. So I'll take the over. I think Don Chaney can get seven carries in this game. Brevin Jordan, over under 52 receiving yards. This is always a popular prop. They have him at 52 in their projections. What do you think in there? Yeah. Uh, that's tough. I, I guess I would – I'm taking all the overs. What a homer. I'm going to go over uh, because why not? Overs are more fun. What do you think? You're the Brevin Jordan guy in this game. I think it really comes down to uh, I, I. I would say over. I mean, I don't know what number yeah. I would take that up to. You know, I this to me this could go two ways. Like, does Miami score on the opening drive, or does the offense stall out on its first first few drives? And I think that could make it very difficult. I, I think a lot of these numbers comes down to how many possessions Miami's going to get um, right? And what, and what the pace of play would be. I mean, I think the overs could definitely cash if it's a fast-paced game, but if Miami can't sustain drives, then it's going to make it a, a lot more difficult um, to achieve those. Final one, will Miami force, I guess, over-under turnovers, Miami forces two. So do you think they're going to get yeah, two that's turnovers? that's tough, man. I would, yeah, I mean, I would say two's the, the number, right? And going into this game, NC State has been extremely turnover prone. So I think in NC State's last two games, they've turned the ball over seven times. Um, so it is a trend that NC State is going to want to address during their recent bye week. Um, I probably feel like two is the number, but I guess if you made me pick over or under with two being the number, I guess I would go under just because turnovers are random and getting three turnovers is, is difficult. Yeah. Like I said, I think if they get in Bailey Hockman's face, the uh, opportunity yeah. would be there. Okay. Give me uh, some predictions. So Friday night, 730 ESPN. Um, what, what is David Lake's prediction? Yeah. So, you know, basically what this prediction kind of boils down to for me is you got Derek King on one side going against an NC State defense that has struggled to contain any offense they face this season with a pulse. So you look at the better offenses they faced. They faced Wake Forest. Wake Forest scored 40 plus points on them. Virginia Tech 
scored 40 plus points against them. North Carolina scored 40 plus points against them. Um, you know, I don't think Miami's offense is quite on the same level as North Carolina or Virginia Tech this, this year. I think they are, you know, in the conversation of Wake Forest's offense. Uh, and then on the other side, you got Bailey Hockman, who, you know, in, in my opinion, I just don't think is very good. Um, he, he's kind of a one-read quarterback. And if you can get him off that first read, things really start to break down for him. Uh, so I think moving the ball and scoring touchdowns is going to be difficult in this game. You know, Bailey Hockman going against a Miami defense that is is pretty good. So my score prediction I'm going with is, you know, I don't think they score 40 points like those offenses I listed earlier, but I think Miami gets 38 and I will have, I have NC State getting 20. So Miami 38, NC State 20. I got Miami 30, NC State 19. Um, kind of along the same thought process as you, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was close relatively on, and I think I've said that every game. Uh, I also got to say, I mean, this is all depending on what absences there might be for Miami uh, or sure. whatnot. I guess we won't know until Friday or an hour before, but I do think Miami should win this game. Um, yes. I, I, I anticipate all these games to be dogfights. Would be a lot worse or more difficult of a spot if you know this was a Friday night and we didn't have social distancing guidelines and it was a packed stadium. Yes. I, I've covered games at NC State before. It gets really loud or really wild. Um, but I think Miami should be able to get the, the job done. And, you know, if it's, if it's ugly, it's ugly. Um, but you got to just think take Miami also is fortunate that Devin Leary is not playing because that, that is NC state's starting quarterback who, right. For people who aren't familiar, like they were looking like a real dark horse team in the ACC with Devin Leary and not having him, it's a huge drop-off to Bailey Hockman. So, again, yeah. we'll see. You know, Miami's been weird coming off bye weeks. We'll see how, how they handle their business on Friday night. Yeah, I think they should win. You know, I could see them covering. And like I said, if you're in gambling, I, I, I lean uh, the under. So you think the under is the better bet than the spread? I would think so. I mean, yeah. I know everyone doesn't like – Blake Baker's defense, but I, I think it's going to be pretty difficult to score points on Miami. I mean, right. I, although we have no idea what, you know, who's out or, or whatnot. I mean, you got to throw that in there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the key for Miami's defense, stop the run, obviously force Bailey Hockman to, to win the game from the pocket make, you know, and if that happens, then you just got to tip your cap because that is the correct game plan to go into this game with. So, you know, I think all the numbers, on paper, everything points to Miami winning this game and winning it fairly comfortably, but we'll see how it plays out. Anything else from you, uh, David? Any, you got anything? Yeah, check out the site. You know, we'll have plenty more stuff coming up on the site uh, between now and kick uh, surrounding this game. I know you're, are you, I don't know, are you like in, in the South Florida high school football scene this weekend, there's two monster games in Dade county and broward county thursday friday night you're going to be at those games um 
Thursday night, I will be at Miami Palmetto, Miami Northwestern. I do not anticipate making my way uh, to the Friday okay. night showdown between Aquinas and American Heritage. I mean, I might watch on TV. Um, yeah, it'll maybe, be on TV. Maybe sneak over for some interviews. It is, I think, on ESPN2. I'm going to write something on that um, today. But yeah, two huge, huge games, man. Um, yes. And it's good. It's cool that the South Florida will get, you know, it's, it's usual one game of exposure on, on the national scene. I mean, in normal years, there would have been, you know, a couple games on ESPN, but at least the, the, the kids down here are getting one game. And, you know, if you're going to watch it, you're going to see James Williams, maybe you DVR it just because the Miami game's going to be, I think it's yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, James Williams is a name to know. I think Marvin Jones is a, a name to know. Um, or a little uh, Zion Turner's the quarterback for St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, you're going to watch if you follow football down here, you know how popular these games are. And and then the Thursday game at Traz Powell, you know, Northwestern's dealing with some 2020 issues in terms of having guys that have to sit out before um, the state playoffs next week. But, you know, Romello Brinson still expected to play. So you're going to get Romello versus Jason Marshall. Um, Leonard Taylor, what's he going to do against that Miami Northwestern line? Uh, they have a few, pow- not Power 5, but FBS, I think, prospects. So it's not like he's going up against a bunch of nobodies. I, I don't know. Going to be two good games. Yeah, it'll be fun. Both games loaded with a ton of prospects. And uh, I will be curious to hear <laughs> your thoughts following those games. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I guess. Have you thrown up the uh, the picks for the Pick'em Challenge, Dime yes. Life? Yeah, they are okay. they are in there. I mean, again, um, <laughs> I just saw another game just got canceled, <laughs> Tulsa Navy. So, uh, yeah, games are in there. I don't know how many of them you're actually going to be picking that are played, but, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so participate in the Dime Life Inside the U Challenge. Uh, support Dime Life, dimelife.com. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. Take care.